Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Bring it up, Jake. On the BetQL Network, Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and you. Ah, final 60 minutes of the program today, and then uh, we're off for 13 hours, and we're back tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. For You Better You Bet Saturday, countdown to kickoff, getting you set for the two games coming up Saturday in the divisional rounds of the NFL postseason. Our friend Matt Moore joins the show in 20 minutes from the Buckets podcast and the Action Network. NBA bets for tonight from our friend Matt Moore. We will close the show in 40 minutes. We'll take a couple more of your submissions, YouTube and Twitch, your favorite NFL bet for the weekend, and we'll give you all our bets for tonight. But right now, to start the Power Hour on this phenomenal Football Friday, this is an, an, an absolute pleasure to welcome to the show. We had Kevin Harlan on the show last Friday. Ian Eagle's about to join us on the show, and, and, and Ian's going to be with us in a second from uh, CBS, Turner Sports, Westwood One, etc. We could not be Ian, Nick Costos, and Ken Barkley. Bigger fans of yours. We play your highlights coming back from break all the time, talk about them, laugh about them. The oh yeah is absolutely sensational. So I'm sure you get that from a lot of radio interviews interviews you do that people like love your stuff we are big nerds for nfl or nba etc play by play uh you do an unbelievable job you're one of our favorites so thank you very much for everything you do thanks for joining us on the show today how's it going nick pleasure great to be on with with you and ken can you cue the horns again like that's a vibe Let, let's get that music sure. for the power hour back Let, let's let's pop that up because that made me excited about being on the program, yeah, in addition to being on with you guys. But, you know, you, you have <laughs> legitimate music. That's that's a good cut. I'm ready. I got Nets Lakers tonight. You now have me in the mood. It's going to be an hour and a half to get to the arena from Santa Monica. Well, hold up. Well, well Ian, let's, let's get you ready here. Jake, bring it back yeah. up. Wait, come on, Jake. Nets Lakers. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. 
We gotta get the oh whoa going here. That's coming up next. No, no, Jake, keep it up. Keep it up. We gotta yeah, get the oh whoa going. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. All right, here we go, Ian. Here we go. Louder, Jake. Come on, Jake. Hot it up. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I just visualized the backup singers in the studio and the producer saying, <laughs> Yo, Bob. You gotta give me more O. There's not enough O, man. Give me more O. Thanks. What we always say. Need more O. That's us insane. Uh, all right. I didn't. I didn't know that this was Thanks, how this Jake. was going to start. But but here we are. Great work no, by Jake. All right. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jake. Full vibe. Yeah, love it. Uh, I, I and we, I, Nick kind of gave you that like really gracious introduction, but like he's not kidding. We we literally like play your calls, play a lot of like the, the highlights from the night before, and we always kind of like dissect them or laugh at them or just like we we care a lot about the telecast. I have to ask you to start just selfishly for Nick and I. I'm always kind of curious. Like you, you know, you called a Chiefs game earlier this year. Kelsey was dating Taylor Swift, yeah. And he catches the touchdown. You go like Kelsey finding a blank space in the defense, right? Which is like a really funny line. Yeah. I still remember you called a Grizzlies game a couple of years ago. John Morant has like this huge dunk. It's like, oh, it's a jawbreaker. Like it's like a crazy call. <laughs> is it just like you? You know, like you know, the day before, an hour before, like you know, you got it. You're just trying to find a place for it, or like how much of that is spontaneous? Kind of like how the sausage gets made on this stuff. Exactly. It, it's a little bit of a blend. You have stuff marinate in your head, no doubt, when you're preparing for games. But then you've got to be able to pick the right moment, not force it, and then get a feel in the game. Is this going to work? Is this going to be lame? Could this actually uh, help add to the enjoyment of the game? You know, I had one in the NCAA tournament this year, Pitt, was in the NCAA tournament, and they had a guy by the name of Nellie Cummings on the team. And I just couldn't stop thinking about Nelly. And I thought to myself, all right, if this guy makes a big play, I, I might just have to do it. I I'm going to have to say it's getting hot in here. And he made a huge layup in the second half. And I just went with it. I, you ride the wave at times. Trust me, there are many that don't connect. And you just realize as you go on and on doing play-by-play, that you can't bat a thousand but if you have pretty good instincts, you might be able to hit a double and a triple. And that's, that's all I'm looking to do. In all sincerity, if it takes away from the game, I would never do it. I only do it if I think it really does fit in the moment. Do you have a, an all-time favorite, one of those? Oh, man. Uh, it would be tough. Uh, there's been... So many net games now over the years. You're talking about 30 years worth of net games. I used to do all 82, then it went down to 75, then it went to 70, then it went to 60. Yeah, and as the years have gone on, I've done less and less because I've gotten some other assignments here and there. But just imagine the sheer volume of names that you're memorizing, identifying. And for me, just to break up the monotony I've always felt like if there's some form of wordplay in there, you gotta you gotta go with it. I, I I'll tell you this one story that is the last time that I recall not trusting my instincts and then being very disappointed in myself. 
it was the 2000 NCAA tournament. So we're talking about 24 years ago, and Seton Hall had advanced to the second round. They pulled off uh, a win over Oregon in the first round. Shaheen Holloway was actually the star of the game, now the head coach at Seton Hall. But then he gets injured. So his backup was a guard by the name of Ty Shine. And now he steps forward and hits a huge shot at the end of the game. And it was percolating in my head. His name's Ty Shine. This is going to be one shining moment. And I didn't go with it. I didn't go with it. I, I thought to myself I was in my head. And I thought, oh, it could be lame. And people might rip it. People might be critical. And truly, I'm not exaggerating. It's the last time where... I said to myself, okay, don't do that again. If you're feeling something, just just trust yourself. Go with it. That was against John Chaney and Temple, of course, Ken. I remember right. watching that game. Like, I'd take it off from school to watch that game in the NCAA tournament. Sure. You, you referenced there on the cover of Sports Illustrated, like, who they lost. It. Like, we're, you know, kind of big nerds for sports. And we remember this stuff. I think it's a good sign of 24 years is the last time that you, like, had one of those moments. Probably been a pretty good, pretty good run since then. And obviously, like, you call a lot of events. We, you know, we had our producer look up, like, what have you called this year? What are you calling this weekend? You know, AFC Championship next week. Like, a lot of stuff going on uh, for radio, for AFC Championship. Is there a, like, we have bucket lists, I think, you know, Nick and I, for what we want the show to be, for guests that we want to have on the show. Like, you're you're on it. Do, do you have a bucket list event you haven't called? Like, is there, you know, by the time I'm done, I want to call the Olympics, or I want to call, you know, I want to do multiple Super Bowls. I want to call a lot of stuff. Do you have something left that you haven't done yet? I don't know if there's anything left specifically as a sporting event that I haven't called. I, I've never been to Wimbledon, although I've done a, a ton of tennis in my career, U.S. Open, French Open, and tournaments here and there in Indianapolis or Cincinnati or in uh, Connecticut. But I'd never been to Wimbledon. And at some point, not, not even to call it, I'd like to attend. I'd like to be there for a day and just soak it in and, and get a sense of that experience and what it would be like. Football-wise, you know, I was really fortunate last year. I got the call to Super Bowl on the world feed. I'm huge in Indonesia, I can't walk oh, yeah. the streets. Like it, oh, yeah. It would be a huge mob scene. So I don't even go because I know what it's <laughs> going to be like. And I'm going to do it again. I, I am going to call it again. I'm doing pregame stuff for the Super Bowl with CBS. We're on a secondary set. So it's me, Charles Davis, Matt Ryan, Jason McCourty. And we'll do a bunch of stuff for <laughs> a seven-hour pregame show where you have a lot of time to fill and then go upstairs, call the game. So that, that was definitely a bucket list moment last year, even on the World Feed side, just to prepare for it, just to make the calls. Uh, that game between Kansas City and Philadelphia, as you guys have dissected left and right prior to the game, after the game, it was a really fun, entertaining, competitive Super Bowl. So there is something to that. I, I think you, you just want to be at big events and, and be a part of it. The Final Four this year is is obviously something new. I've called the Final Four again on the world feed, but to do it for CBS and Turner, it's it's another uh, another one of those dreams realized. And and I know you guys can relate to it. It it's real. That's a real thing. When you five seconds before you go on air and and you say to yourself, "Oh wow, this this is something that I dreamed about as a kid," and now to to actually do it is is pretty mind blowing. 
I will say the the Iron Eagle Jim Spernarkle team, one of the best teams in the history of college basketball, calling NCAA tournament games. I absolutely love it. And it is true, when Iron Eagle walks the streets of Jakarta in Indonesia, they actually play the music to start the, that starts the power hour. And that that's the hero's welcome yeah. that Iron Eagle They just point uh, and go, oh, yeah. <laughs> they just point oh, oh yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Why are they here? On, uh, yeah, can, can, can you tell them we're huge fanboys? You better you bet with Nick and Ken here on a phenomenal football Friday. It is great to have Iron Eagle, the legend, here on the show with us. And Iron's the smart guy in the room because he's not on Twitter. I would give a Twitter handle, but he doesn't have one because he's very smart and we're dumb for being on social media. Ian, allow me to be the 700th person this week to ask you about how cool it was for you and your son to both be calling uh, Texans-Browns last weekend in the NFL postseason. You have the national radio call. Uh, Your son Noah's calling the game on NBC. Uh, I'm sure it was ridiculously cool. Uh, Maybe I don't even know how cool it was. And again, I'm sure you've been asked this question a lot, but new for our audience, and and we thought it was awesome. So uh, what, what was that like for you last weekend? Yeah, guys, it was awesome. I appreciate you bringing it up. Uh, the weird part for me, I was doing radio, he was doing TV, and I was wearing more makeup than him. Like, that's, that's a problem when, when you try to analyze that. How does that happen exactly? Uh, I, I was really just blown away by uh, the full circle moment of it and the fact that we were sitting in the press room eating lunch and – the guy's about to call the biggest game of his life and it's your kid and you're staring across from him. And there are other people at the table. We had uh, Jason McCourty there and AJ Ross was there. And uh, some of the people that Noah worked with his uh, spotter and stat person. So it wasn't just the two of us. It was a table of six, seven people, but I did take a moment as he was cutting into some form of meat we didn't know. It didn't list what it was. It could have been roast beef. It could have been just a pot roast. I have no idea. It was just Houston beef. And I'm thinking to myself, like, this kid is about to call this game. There's going to be 30 million people watching this game, and it's the most normal interaction 90 minutes before kickoff. That's what struck me, that obviously uh, knowing every aspect of his life and growing up, and it's it's your kid. And it, it really was uh, pretty wild. So uh, really special for our family and uh, hopefully not the last time that, that we cross paths in that kind of situation because it really it, it was something different. And look, like, not blowing smoke, obviously, to say, like, obviously, like, a, like a credit to you and, like, the, the family that you guys have. That that, that that even happened is obviously is really amazing. Ian, this was really awesome. Like, we, we play your stuff all the time, as I've said 30 times throughout the interview. So this was a, a, tr- a pleasure to have you on the show. You've been on the call tonight of the Lakers and the Nets. Michigan State and Maryland coming up this weekend in college hoops. Westwood One's call of the AFC Championship game next weekend. If it's not too much... Can can we get an oh yeah from you on the way out to two to two guys that love that basically more than anything before we uh, bid you adieu today on this Friday? Yeah, before I give you the oh yeah, let me just congratulate you guys on creating this and building on it and pouring all of your passion into it. Uh, Ken, I, I don't I don't believe we've met, but Nick, you and I go back. We go back to the serious days. I remember the beginning for you. So it's been really cool for me to see this entire evolution and doing everything that you wanted to do. So I'm, uh, I'm just so happy for you guys, and, and you have a really 
fun thing going, so keep it going. And, oh, by the way, oh, yeah! I gotta tell you something. That's oh, like man. that's. It's I feel like I feel like I want to retire. Yeah. I feel like I want to retire right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm out. I'm actually done. This is my last. Sincerely, yeah. from from the full court press days, my man. Thank you so much. Stay well, and we look forward to hopefully doing this down the line. Anytime, guys. Have a great weekend. That's gotta tell you. I I did Which not. One the reaction to I the power even, hour music. Ken, I, I, so yeah, we'll have to like, we'll talk about this like later in the show. I, I thought there was, I never even like brought it up to you. I don't think I've ever even mentioned on the show that like I worked with him. He said that and I go, is he serious? He knows you? Because it it was like, I was, I'll, I'll tell the story. Like, I can't believe that he remembers me because I was like as low level as you could possibly get. That's awesome. Coming up next, Matt Moore, NBA bets for tonight. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. All right, great spot with Ian Eagle. We'll talk more about it coming up next segment on the show. That was, it was just all, like, it was all really good. It was all just really good. It was really fun. Uh, we'll give you our bets for tonight as well to close the show. NBA, NHL, maybe a little college basketball as well. But right now, let's get right to it. Let's get some NBA bets, NBA thoughts with our guy, the great Matt Moore. Matt is the host of the Buckets podcast, which is an awesome daily NBA betting podcast that we encourage our listeners and viewers to check out. All of his written work can be found at the Action Network, actionnetwork.com. His bets on the Action Network app. You can also check him out on NBA TV, doing NBA bet streams um, for like a lot of games over the course of the regular season. And he is on Twitter at HP Basketball. Also, diehard fan of the Kansas City Chiefs playing a big game on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. Matt, welcome to the show. It's Nick and Ken. How's it going? And let's start there. Uh, Chiefs going to beat Buffalo coming up on Sunday or what? I'm surprisingly confident. I shouldn't be. This team's not very good, but I just keep thinking that every year there's one team that's not very good that makes a run in the NFL, and that might be the Chiefs this year. So we'll see how it works out. I'm making slow cooker enchiladas on Sunday. Got everything prepped for. It's going to be a good time. So it's funny, like they're never an underdog in like any game and the game that they're an underdog, you're like, yeah, I feel really good. I feel really good about yeah. what's going to happen. Like I'm really, I'm pretty optimistic. Yeah. I I mean, the way the Buffalo injury report goes, like maybe, maybe the same, maybe, maybe we're going to feel in the same way. We'll see how it goes and how the market shapes for that game coming up on Sunday. I want to ask you about the Pacers during the turn of the NBA now, obviously. I want to ask you about the Pacers first, Matt. We did the first two segments of the show. I was just talking about kind of the unexpected win last night over Sacramento. Uh, Siakam going to play tonight. Halliburton going to play. The market for tonight's game against the Blazers has gone haywire. The Pacers are out to eight or eight and a half on the road against Portland. Uh, so if you have a bet on that game, that could be where we start. Otherwise, do you want to bet on the Pacers to do anything? Win an award, Halliburton, Carlisle, Matherin, win, win in the playoffs, anything with the Pacers that you think is interesting, and this can include tonight's game. So there's nothing I want to do right now. Uh, there's still live win total numbers in the market what i want to do is i want to wait a couple of games because probably what happens is like the same that happens with every major trade the market gets inflated immediately upon adding a major player especially an all nba two-time all-star and then there's oh it's a little bit hard to figure this out there's new guys like they've been on a west coast road trip and that messes with teams and then they'll come back down once this get, like if this gets back down to like 45 and a half 46 then i'll be on the over again because i've got them currently with siakam about 48. so with the number where it is right now in the market at 47 and a half nothing that's the market i want to play i've already got halliburton most improved futures i don't know if he's going to play enough games for me to get home even for him to be on the ballot on that one that's the only real play i think that you can get in on 
I think that Carlisle is an interesting choice for for coach of the year, but for me, it's more of he's going to make ballot. I don't think he gets past Dagonal or Finch. And so if I don't think that anybody would choose him over those guys or enough voters would, I can't go in on that one. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to stick with trying to look at that. And I think the biggest thing for me is just they are much more live once we get to playoffs than they were yesterday before the trade like this now is a team that i can take seriously they were like oh that's a fun cute like they're fun like look at the pacers like they're fun this year and i would have been like yeah they're gonna get destroyed in that first round now i'm like no they get the right matchup the pacers can make a run to at least game six round two if not if things go their way with injuries and three-point variants make a conference finals like this opens up the east a little bit more because i think this does upgrade the pacers in significant meaningful ways that provides me a delicious segue to the question I'm going to ask you, which I'll ask in a second. But first, uh, do you agree with me? And I'll ask you the real question in a second. Like, the Oklahoma City coach should be, the pronunciation should be Danielle, right? Like, it should be a French pronunciation. I, I don't like this, like, Dagnol thing. Like, I think we should just start calling him Danielle and see if it, like, catches fire and everyone starts calling him that. What do you think? Well, I mean, he coaches in Oklahoma, which is right next to Arkansas, which should be Arkansas. So, like, there's a lot of stuff going on here in the region. That's that's odd. Also, if I had to say uh, Thunder coach Mark Dagnon, I would I would just want to throw up every time, Nick. So I think that's yeah. a no for me. I'm I'm good with Dagnon. Maybe a, he'll be the next head coach. Yeah, maybe he'll be the next head coach of the Montreal Canadiens. That's a good line by Ken also. Yeah, yeah. All right, here's a real question. And the delicious segue that you provided was saying, hey, man, like maybe maybe Indiana gets to an Eastern Conference final this year. Um, just unlike the balance of things in the East, or Boston's rated as the best team to the point that, and I, I think I said this off air earlier, I look at the spread of the Celtics-Nuggets game, and I'm immediately thinking, well, someone's out for Denver. Let me go see who. Oh, nobody. Boston is just like rated this much better than everybody else. But I don't know, like Jason Tatum's their best player. And like, he's great. Also, I don't know if he's the best player on a title winning team. Missoula is still the head coach. I think there are some questions there. And you look at the rest of the East, right? With Milwaukee, two, two great offensive players, but a team that can't play a lick of defense and beat on the Sixers with the injury concerns. My Knicks, the Pacers, the Heat, who always suck, but then and then they're there in the final four, the final two. Like, how wide open, Matt? Or or is it not wide open? And it's just like you think Boston kind of cruises. How wide open do you think the Eastern Conference is this year? Do you think it's kind of like last year was? I don't think it's wide open. I think you have to respect Boston, particularly in the regular season. And you have to respect the fact that I don't think that this team loses to a team that's inferior to them, like by a a wide degree right and especially when i say this i mean in a playoff sense which is the celtics are way way better than the heat in the regular season but playoff basketball that margin narrows um i think that they're probably going to handle the, uh, indiana i don't like that matchup for indiana i think they would handle probably the knicks i don't think that, that i like that matchup much for the knicks but when we get to Milwaukee, if they were to straighten out their defense, and particularly for me, it's the Sixers with Nick Nurse coaching and how Embiid has gotten better versus them every time out. He still loses to them, but he's gotten better at them versus them every time out. I, I can't put the Celtics as this prohibitive favorite. Like, well, we know the Celtics are coming out of the East. No. Like, there's opportunities, I think, to pick a team in the East and be like, if the matchups are right, this is the team I like. And that's kind of, if you're building a portfolio, that's what you want to do is you want to ask yourself, if they get the right sequence, who do I like the most? 
And for me, like, it's not Boston because I think that there will be times when the offense stalls out. I think there will be matchups when Maz gets outcoached badly. I think there will be times when Porzingis is missing time. So there's all these reasons why I don't want Boston on a futures market and I want other teams, but there will be a lot of matchups where I'm going to like Boston in that futures market. So the way to kind of look at this is you got to be very careful in how you're approaching this and not go too far in because there's a lot of inferior teams that can beat Boston, but they are better. And you have to respect that. I think when you're looking at the value. And Matt, you mentioned Philadelphia, maybe as a team that I talked about earlier in the year, uh, maybe maybe is the one to kind of unseat Boston as the, the conference finals or the NBA finals participant on the Eastern conference side, obviously Embiid has to stay healthy. They're a five point road favorite against Orlando. We could talk about that game too. But part of the reason why I liked Philly early in the year, at least like, yeah, Embiid and his ascension might win back-to-back MVPs. Maxi's really good was the idea that there's this looming trade that might happen. And we don't, we didn't, you know, especially at the start of the year, we don't know who it's for. We don't know how many players they want to add. They have expiring contracts. Daryl Morey feels like maybe he's going to do something something splashy, but maybe not. Is that part of why you like Philadelphia too? Do you think that's going to happen? Trade deadline coming up here in a couple of weeks. So what I've heard is that they're still like making calls in terms of being active and seeing what's available to them, but there's been nothing that has kind of sparked their interest. Like there's not a player that they've been like, that's the guy that we're going to go get. However, they like Milwaukee were like stealth under the radar very late in the Dame chase. So like that's probably what Maury's going to do is he's not going to telegraph anything. He's going to wait until we get to February, especially like don't distract the team. Let them keep winning at a high pace that that last week before the deadline. He'll try and see if there's something under the radar, because I do think there's a healthier market for Tobias Harris with, with where his contract is at as an expiring than there was when there were multiple years left on it. So I think Maury will always be looking for get the most talent, figure it out. That's always been his approach. It is tougher now because they are so good and you see the confidence and the way that they're playing and how it fits together. Like Nick Batum is legitimately one of the most impactful on-off guys in the league and he might get involved in a trade. Does that shake you up in terms of your on-court performance? You got to balance those things. But Maury is, is always more tending, tending to be like, eh, that's a short-term thing. I want long-term success. Um, my value on the Sixers is really just based off of coaching. It's that I look in the Eastern Conference and I go, I don't trust Missoula. I don't trust Adrian Griffin. I don't trust Tom Thibodeau. And then it becomes like Spolstra, Carlisle, maybe. And then it's like definitively Nurse. And Nurse is proving with the Sixers that he can take something that has previously not had answers and give them answers. They have more alternatives to the coverages that they're seeing this year than ever before. And you're seeing that consistently. You saw it in the Denver game. They threw different stuff at him and they had the answers for it. So for me, this is about this Sixers team. Honestly, if they make a dramatic change, I'm less likely to like them. I like the balance that they have right now where you let Nurse find answers. I don't want them to mess with that. I will feel worse if they go star hunting at the deadline. You better, you better here with Nick and Ken. Phenomenal football Friday. Always fun and great to talk the NBA with our friend Matt Moore from the Buckets Podcast and the Action Network on Twitter at HP Basketball. Matt, we can get into bets for tonight's games in a moment, but uh, anything else that you've got for us in award market, anything big picture, macro take, betting on the NBA, we would love it. 
I don't think I took this out last week, but I'm going to go ahead and, and drive back out there. Jordan Clarkson steaming up six man of the year. And for me, like that's the bet right now. It's plus 650. And that was 12 to 1, 18 to 1, 10 days ago. Uh, if he gets traded, he's getting traded to a team that is likely bringing him off the bench. That's the best role for him. I understand the the concern about like, oh, come on, is Utah really going to be good? Utah doesn't have what happened last year, which was Utah had a distinct reason to be like, yeah, we're going to send off some contracts. They don't have that this year. They have every reason to keep competing. And I do believe that a lot of what they've done with Will Hardy as coach has been adjusting to what they needed to do. And just some normal stabilization of like Walker Kessler started off the real the year really badly. He's been better. Like they have a lot of weapons. The trades, if they make them, will not be let's dump some salary. It'll be, hey, let's get some upgrades. So I like Utah's runway. I like Clarkson's runway if he gets dealt. I think Clarkson's six man of the year plus 650. We've all been kind of looking for like what, what to do with this market because the best options are on teams that are bad. The Jazz are not bad. And so I'm in on Clarkson plus 650, six man of the year. I was, uh, I was listening to Bill Simmons' podcast that came out yesterday, his NBA Power Pool, and he said something in the middle of it, and I just, as someone who bets awards, I like perked my ears up, and I had considered this this coach for coach of the year, uh, but you referenced that you don't think the Jazz are bad, and this is sort of a Carlisle-like conversation, like these teams that are surprisingly good. Like, mm-hmm. can Hardy win coach of the year? Simmons literally in the middle of the podcast goes, how is Hardy not the coach of the year right now? Like, just like, uninterrupted, just like, just blurts it out, and I just go... Well, I'm not saying he's going to win, but like, okay, like, are we going to start generating some noise off of this? And like, you know, they were supposed to be terrible. Can they, can he break the mold? Like how Carlisle could break the mold. Do you think Hardy has any chance to win coach? This guy was 150 to one two weeks ago and is now like 20 to one, 23 to one. You think he has any chance? No, I don't. Just because I just think when you look at it, um, a lot of the voters are influenced, like the the beat rider contingent of the vote, which is a significant chunk. It's up to 60% is beat riders. They're going to ask their coaches, hey, who do you think is coach of the year? Off the record, on the record, whatever. They're going to give them, they're going to ask them for their opinion. And those coaches are going to be like, Mark Dagonalt's doing this with kids, literal kids. Like, they, they are literally the youngest roster in the league on average. Most of them cannot rent a car because of the insurance question at age 25. So they're going to look at that and be like, that's doing the most with the least. You can look at the Jazz and be like, yeah, but they were a non-playoff team. And it's like, look, they Dagonel's taking the thunder from a non-playoff team to they, they are a conference contender. That jump, much like we talk about with most improved, where it's you go from star to MVP candidate and that being greater than going from bit player to like, Oh, good starter. It might be tougher, but for how I think that they're going to judge the award, I have a lot more confidence in Dagonal or Finch. If he wins the West with solving the two big problem than I do in Will Hardy, though, I think Will Hardy will finish definitely on the ballot as you know, he might even finish third. Yeah, he might finish behind Edge and Christian. Matt, let's close with this. Have about 45 seconds here. Our favorite bets for tonight in the NBA. All right, uh, so I'm on Celtics tonight minus five and a half. I I totally agree with the idea that the the Nuggets are probably a better should be better rated for a playoff. Like they should be higher favorites for the playoffs. But this isn't a playoff game. The Nuggets in the regular season on the road are not great. They are just simply not great. So um, we, I look at how Boston has been at home, how dominant they've been. Denver on the road. I don't like the matchup. Denver hasn't won there in four or five years. I think this is a big edge towards Boston. I actually think that they're underrated right now. Um, it's moved. It was five and a half. It's seven and a half. I like it to 10. I know that sounds crazy with the Nuggets. I'm telling you, the Nuggets are not that great of a profile team. Regular season on the road. Uh, I'm, I'm on the over in heat. 
Hawks, that number bottomed out. The, it took so much steam to go under. I still like the over. Like, I like the, the over the original bad number I got last night. The Hawks and Heat are both over teams, so I like the spot for them. Hawks defense is not going to prove anything to me. Miami at home has been an over team this season, so I like the spot there as well. And I'm on the Lakers versus the Nets. The Nets, you can tell, are in. We're all going to get traded, aren't we? And once that happens and you're on a road trip, that's a recipe for disaster. The Lakers are great at home versus sub-500 opponents. That's a sweet spot for them. I like the Lakers minus seven tonight versus the Nets. Yeah, I love the story that came out that, like, Spencer Dinwiddie's, like, quiet quitting, like, on the court as a member of the Brooklyn yeah. Nets, right? I was just like, absolutely, absolutely. It's only making millions point, of dollars, though. whatever. Uh, yeah, right. Um, just close with this. We have 10 seconds here. What are you making for the game on Sunday for the Chiefs game? Slow cooker and uh, slow cooker enchiladas. They're absolutely amazing. Nice little spice one. Oh, it's a red sauce. I, I make it from scratch from home. Oh, my God. God, like it sounds unbelievable. I'm starving right now after hearing that. That's good stuff. Uh, on Twitter at HP Basketball, I, I mean, I got enchiladas, the Verde, the Suiza, the Mole, all sorts of good stuff. Action Network, Buckets Podcast, NBA Bet Stream, my friend. Good luck to your Chiefs on Sunday. Good luck with the bets tonight. Stay well. Enjoy the enchiladas. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. I got a, I want an enchilada right now. On the other side, yeah. you'll have to settle for bets for tonight in the world of sports. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Bring it up, Jake. Here on You Better You Bet. Thank you, Sadola, before we wrap up the show with our bets. And I think Alex also has like one more bet for us here uh, from the uh, from the YouTube and the Twitch chats. Uh, but thanks to our guests today, uh, they were all awesome. Sam Paniotovich, Evan Silva, Brad Evans, Matt Moore, who just joined us. We love Matt. And uh, how about Ian Eagle, Ken? And we talked about this off air, and Ian said at the end of the interview that like he remembered me from the time we worked together at, at, at then Sirius Satellite Radio. I don't even think I've ever brought that up on the show, and I didn't bring it up to Ian because I thought there was like a 0.0% chance that he would remember that, which was not not meant to be a compliment or an insult, just like a statement of fact. When I started at Sirius, Ken, um, I ended up going full-time at NFL Radio, I want to say, in 2007. And for 2006 and 2005, I started in October after I graduated college, and then I spent the summer as the assistant GM of a minor league baseball team, which is like something that's still very funny to me. I was like running games. So you ever hear a game on Sirius XM, whether it's now Sirius XM, like an NBA game, a football game, whatever, like they take the local feed and I would literally like the Charlotte Hornets feed, they would go to a commercial 
and here's like local car dealership ads in Charlotte, I would push a button to turn off the local feed and then play national commercials off of what's called a wall. Like that's how I started at Sirius and I eventually started working in the newsroom and then as like a, like a producer's assistant and a board up and I worked on a show called Full Court Press uh, which is produced by a guy named DJ Zulo, who was, I was, I'm still friends with to this day. He was no longer in the industry, but a great guy. Kenny Smith was the analyst of the show. And I, I'm pretty sure that Kenny would remember me. If Ian remembers me, then Kenny almost has to. Yes, he doesn't have to. And Ian was one of the hosts of the shows. And I, I never even in a million years, because it was such like a short part of my career at the very beginning, never would have thought that he would have remembered that. So I think it would have been one thing, Ken, if I had ever mentioned that I did that and worked with Ian. I never even mentioned it because like I never even like it never even registered to me that it could be a thing. The fact that he remembered that is like unbelievable to me. I got that was kind of like my blood. It's like very cool. And the spot was great. Like you asked Jake to bring it up. Like that that was really great. Like he gets it, obviously. Yeah, he uh he goes like Ken, you know, you and I have never met, but like a good luck, you know, congratulations on all your success. I go, where is this going? And he goes like, and Nick. And I go, what? And he's like, yeah, we go back to, you know, this, this guy and I go back a long way. I was like, what are you talking about? Like what? And but people should keep in mind, like Nick and I have done the show for it's like four and a half years, uh, four hours a day. There, there starts to be not a lot you don't know about the other person, especially like career wise or something. And it, uh, it was just like really funny that it's like, yeah, Ken, I know you and I have never met, but I go, but what? <laughs> like, we, it's like, it's, but Nick, Nick was the best man at my wedding. Like, we go way back. Like, what? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? So it was just really funny. Yeah, it was great. And uh, asking Jake to bring it up, like again, like guys like this, like it's 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 it should be no surprise to our audience. Like Kevin Harlan comes on the show last week. Herman Edwards comes on the show yesterday. Ian Eagle comes on the show today. That guys, like I think the we were saying this off air that you would think that guys, when you reach like that level of status, maybe could like could have the potential to not that everyone has to do this or could do it, but might have the potential to like to big time you a little bit. Like our show is very successful. Ian Eagle's Ian Eagle. He's an institution. Kevin Harlan's an institution unto himself, right? The fact that these guys are so gracious, not only with their time, but with the way they answer questions, is a credit to them, who they are as people, and who they are professionally. So it's like a really, like a really great and sound job all around. It was obviously it was awesome for us to have them on the show. All right. We'll get to our bets for tonight in a moment, but uh, let's sneak in, if we can, one more bet here from the YouTube or the Twitch chats. We don't have to play the open again. Alex, pop on here. What else do we got from YouTube and Twitch for today? Sure, we got one more from the YouTube chat. Our guy, Greg Radke, giving us bets the last couple of weeks. He's taking a player prop, Jordan... Yes, his son, Jordan Love, over 249 and a half passing yards. He got there comfortably and efficiently last week. If the Packers compete, it'll be by scoring or chasing points. Weapons are still healthy, and the team is playing loose. Um, Ken, I think, like, you like San Francisco uh, probably a little bit more than I do in the game, but I think enough that I'm going to bet it also. So if we like San Francisco in the game and San Francisco is going to win this game by double digits and San Francisco is going to score a lot in the game, I think it stands to reason that like this Jordan Love bet's probably pretty good. Unless like San Francisco possesses the ball the whole time. I don't know. I have enough faith in Love and I think like the weapons here, Ken, that, uh, that I, think I'm, I think I'm in on this bet, the Jordan Love overpassing yards. And I like the over in the game too. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know. I just think like, we all watched these two quarterbacks and they just absolutely killed it. Is there anything about that that means this has to go this way? 
Now, like, Love goes on the road again, but against, like, a completely different defense. And Stroud goes on the road in weather against, like, a really, really good, well-prepared team. Like, I just... I don't know. The, my one thought about the two big favorites, like, I, the Love prop, like, if you're, you're right. If they're down in the game, it can go over. Just, like, remember when having the week off was good? Remember when that was like, oh, they're off for a week. That's a good thing. I feel like this week, it's all just like, yeah, and they're off for a week. Now they're really going to get smoked because now they're all rusty. You're like, what? When did that happen? Like, the team, it used to be awesome that the team got a buy. used to be, like, baked in way more than usual into a bet and where you'd look at the line and be like man i almost have to bet the underdog the spread is so big because like the team got a week off then they, these two games are not remotely behaving like that like the raw power rating difference between the sam came on he said he made the game 10 10 and a half i think he's being modest with, like, no i think he said 13 i think he said 13 oh he said 13 the other green bay ravens game was yeah. 10 10 and a half but honestly i think he's being modest with that his point is the total's less so the side is compressing a little bit just like I don't know. Like, so my point in saying that is, I don't think I want anything with either dog. I don't want the quarterback to have to do well. I don't want the team to have to cover. I don't want them to have to score. Like the story of last week was these two guys. That's bit that's built into this. It's not like that's the story. So be contrarian. You can see it in the market with how these games are being rated, as opposed to I think how they would normally be rated. I don't want to hear about the look aheads. No money got that into those. Like I think these two. Like I remember we talked about the Ravens game. I go. I think it has to open ten or or more when they play the, the Texans. It did. That didn't happen. I don't know. Like I don't think you want to be on these two guys. I think the two quarterbacks. I don't think you want to bet their. I think. I don't think you want to bet their overs. I don't think you want to bet the teams to score. It's man, I gotta tell you, it's gonna be super fascinating to watch how these games play out to see if the quarterbacks can get it done statistically, keep their teams in the game, or if this is gonna be like the two one seeds absolutely roll and bulldoze their way and bulldoze their way to victory. We 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 shall see. I can't wait for it. Uh I also can't wait, and I mean this like sincerely. Like I literally I can't wait because it's gonna be here in two seconds. Uh, we're going to be back coming up tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Eastern for a special Saturday edition of You Better You Bet's Countdown to Kickoff. Jason Lockett Fora will join us on the show. We'll talk Super Bowl MVP markets. We'll play out the rest of the bracket. We'll give you it moved, prop king, best bets, all that good stuff uh, tomorrow at uh, 8 a.m. Eastern. It's today at 6.50 p.m. Eastern. Let's <laughs> right around, right around the old corner. All right, let's close the show with some bets for tonight. Uh, and that means it's time for our good friend Jake the Snake to kindly drop Jake that dope-ass beat. I feel like we should have played this for Iron Eagle also. Maybe the next time we have Iron on, it's just going to be... We're going to play, like, all the sound we play on the show, all the music beds, and, like, you, you pick it. the one you like the best. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Honestly, like, that that's a segment. Like, just play the call music on oh, one to oh, ten. Yeah. Oh, yeah, or oh, no. Oh, yeah, or hell no. <laughs> <Or> hell no. <laughs> right. right, as he's often, as he often says. Yeah. Hell no! Uh, BetMGM is our show sponsor, the king of sportsbooks. They have a re- refer... Uh, 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 BetMGM has a refer a friend program. Sign into your account, click on the promotions tab, and just a few simple steps, you and your hashtag buddy will receive a $100 bonus. That's awesome. Details can be found at BetMGM.com. So download the BetMGM app and start winning with the king of sports books right now. 
Uh, Ken, let's start in the NHL for tonight, or if you want to start in the whatever, honestly, whatever the hell you want. Uh, any hockey bets for tonight? And if not, we can jump right to the association. Yeah, I mean, we only have a couple minutes. I'll just I'll give you just bets for tonight. Uh, in hockey, two bets, uh, two teams with tremendous rest advantages playing at home. It's been like a, just an incredible money-making angle historically. Uh, Carolina, who's home against the Red Wings, who've been really, really good recently. But again, like the, the fatigue setup is very pro-Carolina. They've gotten bet. I agree. Uh, puck line, if you want to lay minus 215, whatever. And then Columbus at home against New Jersey, who has really been scuffling, and Hughes has been hurt for a while. So I like Columbus and Carolina, both home teams. NBA tonight's really straightforward. Uh, two contrarian bets. I like Atlanta, and I like parlaying them with the over, which Matt alluded to. So Hawks and the over together. Uh, and then I am waiting till the last possible second and betting the Blazers. Anytime you get this first game with guys back team or first game after a trade and the guy debuts, market always goes crazy. I always bet the underdog in the game. Usually it goes pretty well. All right. So those are Ken's bets for tonight. Uh, I have one bet for tonight in hockey, and I'm going to roll with uh, Alex Fasano's guy, Ilya Sorokin in the Islanders. I don't want to bet the Islanders in the game. I want to bet the under in the game. Now, it was six earlier. It's down to five and a half. The Blackhawks can't score without Connor Bedard. Other players are out for Chicago as well, offensive players. Sorokin's kind of picked this game up, and Peter Morazic has been like a bright spot for Chicago this year. I'll play under now. I, I bet under six. We can play under five and a half for the show. Under five and a half with the Blackhawks and the Islanders. I have one NBA bet for tonight. I'm going to bet the Blazers because I love Ken's angle there going against Indiana here in game one with uh, with all the new pieces, meaning Pascal Siakam. Uh, one prop for tonight going up against Charlotte. Ken, remember Point Sohan? Is that how you pronounce his name, right, for San Antonio? Yeah. Sohan, come, Sohan, come, something like that. So, so, yeah. Whatever. You don't mess Whatever. Him. Solo. Yeah. Uh, c- coming off a miserable game in his last outing. Two for nine from the field. Tonight, he draws LaMelo Ball and the Charlotte Hornets. You know he's going to shoot. Today, the revenge of Han Solo. The Empire Strikes Back. Sohan over 13 and a half points. That's the certified NBA prop banger of the night. Wishing everyone minimal sweats, winning bets, the absolute very best of luck. Ken and I will talk to you tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Eastern for Countdown to Kickoff.